I'm just going to start off uh, with a recap of where we've been going as a church together through this Advent season. So we've been going through uh, the prophecy in Isaiah 9 where it talks about Jesus and our series is called Named, Named excuse me, um, because every week we're going through a name of God. So last week Amanda Brooks preached on Everlasting Father and talked about God's everlasting love. And this week, Steve's going to come and speak about Prince of Peace, uh, which is sometimes like a sensitive subject during the Christmas season because it doesn't feel all that peaceful. Uh, but I just want to remind you guys of the song that we just sang and some of the words. Like, if you're feeling like, gosh, I do not feel peaceful in the midst of my circumstances, God will do it. He has not failed us yet. So I just want to encourage you guys. And yeah, um, here comes Steve. So. Um, as Beth mentioned this morning, uh, we are sort of finishing this, um, this Advent text in, in the book of Isaiah that we've been looking at in our series called Named, where, we, where we've been looking at these names of Jesus, these names that speak to us about who he is and, and what he's all about. And, and this morning, um, I want to talk with you um, and share with you about Jesus, the Prince of Peace. Anybody in the room feel like I could use some peace today? Yeah. I, I, I have a feeling this kind of message is timely for us in our season. So, so here's what I want to do. I want to ask you if you can to stand with me, and I want to pray for us. And, um, and you guys already know what I'm going to ask you because I do it every time. And, but sometimes I think we show up to church, and, and we show up, and we're like spectators. You know what I mean? Like we show up and we're like, oh, somebody's going to do something sweet. You know, I'll just sit here and, and receive in that. But like, but, but church, the gathering of God's people, it's a participatory event, okay? It's something that we share in together. And, and that's not just true of our worship, but that's true in the word. And that's true in our prayer. And so I, I want to just pray and, and ask the Lord to come and speak. And I want to invite you yourself personally just to ask the Lord, God, speak to me this morning, Okay? Uh, we, we, does anybody, I mean, like, does anybody really want to hear from God? I, I hope you do, because otherwise, like, I don't even know why we come, to be honest. Like, we, let's just get together later after everyone slept in and all that stuff. But, like, if God has something to say to us, it's, it's worth our being here. It's worth our time together. And, and the good news is that God has something to say. That's for us. So let's pray. Father, thank you for this morning. Thanks for this time. God, today is the day that you have made, your word tells us, so we can rejoice and be glad in it. And God, I pray that that, that would be true of us, that there would be a joy in our heart today as we're gathered together in your presence. God, thank you for our time of worship this morning, Lord, that, that we can just be reminded of how good you are, that we can just lift you up, that we can just exalt your name. And God, I thank you that your word is true, that you even say that as you're lifted up that you draw men to yourself and so God I thank you that that even in our time thus far this morning Lord that you have been drawing us to yourself father thanks for your word God thank you that you gave us your word so that we could know you that we could know who you are and what you're about and that God that through your word we could know who we are God that through your word God we know our purpose and our identity God the reason for which we've been made and and Lord I pray that this morning as we open up your word God that you would speak to us father that you would give us here today right now ears to hear from you Lord, that, that all the distractions, that all the things that would keep us from hearing your voice this morning would be silenced in the name of Jesus and that every ear in this room would be open, God, to hear your voice. Lord, that our hearts would be open to receive you. God, we want to hear from you this morning. Would you just tell the Lord, God, I want to hear from you this morning. Just invite him, tell him, God, I want you to speak to me this morning. I'm listening for you. I'm listening for your voice. I'm listening for your word. Speak to me, God. Lord, tune our hearts and our attention to you. Lord, come and have your way. God, thank you that your word is living and active. And God, thank you that it never returns empty. Lord, do a work in our hearts this morning. God, help us to see you. Help us to see you for who you are, and to hear your voice this morning. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. 
All right, you can have a seat. If you have your Bible, you can open it up to Isaiah chapter 9. This is our Advent text that we have been in for the last few weeks. Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. We put that up on the screen here. And let's, uh, let's read this together, okay? You guys ready? Uh, don't be shy, okay? Some of you are loud. Be, it's okay. This is a good time to be loud. All right, ready? For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. If you remember, as we've been marching through this text, this is the prophet Isaiah who is who has been uh, speaking, giving a prophetic word about who this Messiah, who this promised one that was to be sent of God would be, this Jesus who was to come. And he does this by giving us four names. And, and so over the last few weeks, we've talked about Jesus, our wonderful counselor, this, this Jesus who's, who's come to guide us, this Jesus who's come to direct us, this Jesus who's come to be with us, available to us. We talked about Jesus, our, our mighty God, this God who's powerful, this God who fights for us, this God who defends us and in whom nothing is impossible. Last week, Amanda Brooks talked about, about the everlasting Father, how, how through Jesus we have this amazing adoption into the family of God as sons and daughters, that God loves us. And we're able to enter into that love of God our Father through Jesus. And, and lastly, he says, Jesus is the Prince of Peace. Now, I know for me, like, Jesus and peace sound pretty good. Right now, and, and generally I tend to think that, that two words that don't fit really good together at this time of the year are, are holidays and peace, right? Like, like usually holidays and the season of, of, uh, around holidays is anything but peaceful. Usually it's more defined by like chaos. It's like frantic. It's stressful. We're anxious. Okay, it's busy, right? Does anybody feel that? Like it, it's a busy kind of time where it just seems like it's like every day, day to day. It's, it's frustrating sometimes even the holidays. I don't know about you. Is anybody in the room one of those people that you're like, man, my favorite day is December 26, right? Right? Like that's just real. Like some people are like, man, Christmas is awesome. But you know what's better? When it's over, you know? Be because it's just so nutty and you feel like you can finally take a breath. For, for, for some of us, Christmas is lonely. For some of us, the season is, feels empty. It feels, it feels heavy. It feels a lot of things, but rarely is it peaceful. I, I would also say that, that this is something I find to generally be true of most people. I, I, fortunately, in my job and the jobs I work, I tend to be around a lot of people. And, and it's a good thing that I usually like people um, because that's helpful. But, but people that I'm around in general, I find that, that people to be a lot of things. I find people to be to be stressful. Uh, I, I find people who are ambitious. I find people who are even determined or passionate, but, but rarely would I say that I encounter people who are at peace. Yet, at the same time, peace is one of the, the primary things that God wants for us and that Jesus came to give us. It's actually one of the reasons for why we even celebrate Christmas. And here we find that Isaiah, more than 700 years before Jesus is, is born, declares to us that this Jesus who is coming is a prince of peace. And then we see Jesus on the, on the day that he's born, Luke's gospel tells us in Luke chapter 2, that the night sky fills with angels. It says that a host, a multitude, an army of angels fills up the sky and they say glory to God in the highest and on earth peace and goodwill. Toward men. And then not only does Isaiah prophesy it, and not only do the angels show up and declare it at his birth, but, but we see Jesus himself, we hear Jesus himself say this very thing to us in, in John chapter 14, verse 27. He says, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. 
I don't give to you as the world gives. Don't let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. I I, I love this because this is Jesus who's coming to the end of his earthly ministry. Jesus is about to go to the cross to, to pay for the sin of mankind, to purchase our salvation. And of all the things Jesus could say, I'm gonna leave you with, and there's a lot of stuff, let's be honest, that probably would have been nice to hear that Jesus was gonna leave us. You know, like, oh, you got something to leave us, Jesus? What is it? What do you got for us? There's some stuff I know that we could use. There's some things that we really need. And Jesus says, I got what you need. I'm going to leave you my peace. And notice that Jesus in that scripture says that the peace that I'm going to give you too is not the peace that the world gives you. In other words, Jesus is saying, the peace I'm going to leave you, it's not fake. And it's not temporary. And it isn't conditional. This isn't a kind of peace you can get from a pill or a bottle or an experience or even another person. No no one else will be able to give you this peace but me. Uh, uh, Apparently, peace is important for us. So significant is peace, in fact, that, that there are some 790 verses throughout Scripture that speak about God's peace. It's, it, you can find peace in every single book of the New Testament, particularly in the Gospels and in the words of Jesus. It's, it's almost like God wanted to make sure we didn't miss it. Like, this is essential. I'm going to weave this throughout everything I have to say to you. And we know that, that for all of us, we come to this morning differently, and we come to this season differently. And, and some of us come to the season, and we're super excited, and some of us aren't at all. And some of us come to the season, and we're really joyful about it, and some of us come to it really sorrowful. And some of us come to it feeling maybe even a little bit rested, but most of us feel pretty stressed about it, but, but no matter How we come into this season, it is the desire of God, our Father in heaven, that we as his children, that we as his sons and daughters, that we experience his peace through his son. So so there's 790 verses on peace. What we're going to do is just go through all of them and see. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Some of you guys are like, awesome. Yeah. Some of you guys are like, I got to (laughs) go. It's time already. Yeah. Honestly, though, if, if you, we were to go through all these verses, if we were to look through these 790 verses on peace, what we'd find and what you'd discover is that the Bible really speaks to three different kinds of peace. And that's what I want to look at this morning. The, the Bible speaks to spiritual peace. The, the Bible speaks to emotional peace. And the Bible speaks to relational peace. Or, or you could say the Bible speaks to our eternal peace, our internal peace, and our external peace. And so that's what we're going to look at. If you have your notes this morning, uh, you can grab a pen. I always tell you guys, write something down, okay? Like if you have a phone, take a note. It's good to take something with you. It's good to walk away from a time when, when we've been listening to God's word and say, that one's for me, I'm keeping that. I'm reflecting on that. I'm chewing on that. I'm tweeting that. I'm sharing that with other people. Whatever it is, it's like I want to hold on to that because that's mine. And I'll tell you, if you don't hold on to it, the enemy will try to snatch it away. Okay? Here's the first thing. Number one, Jesus came to bring us peace with God. Peace with God. This is spiritual peace. This is eternal peace. And this one is first because this one affects everything else in our life. Where there is no peace with God, there is simply war and conflict everywhere else. There can never be peace in here or here unless there is first peace here. Any of you who are here today who've ever had a major conflict or strain in your life with a significant relationship, whether that's, you know, a parent or a, or a spouse or, or a child or someone who's been just really close, you know how much that strain robs you of joy and of peace in your life. It's that times infinity when there's not peace with God. And it's for this purpose that Jesus came. The Bible says that the first thing Jesus came to do was bring peace between us and God. Here's what 2 Corinthians 5.18 says. It says, God has done it all 
He sent Christ to make peace between himself and us. The Bible teaches us that when the first man rebelled and sinned against God, that that division was the result of that. Separation was the result of that. So all of creation, all of mankind from that moment forward has been marked by sin and a separation from our Father in heaven. Sin is then our nature. It's the nature of mankind. So there is within us then a a desire, a nature to go our own way, okay, To, to do it our way, to be the captain of our own destiny, right to to live our lives on our terms okay to do whatever we want to do what we want when we want how we want to decide for ourselves what is good and what is evil what is true and what is false what is right and what is wrong ultimately pridefully what it means is that we sit in God's place that, that, that we attempt to sit on the throne of our own hearts and our own lives and be God for ourselves And so rather than submitting to him, we end up contending against him. We ignore him. We disobey him. There is a a conflict between man and God. So there is no peace. And we're disconnected from him. Some of us today, the reason why God seems far from us is because there's a disconnection. We were created to be connected to him. We were created to walk in relationship with him. And so Jesus comes to restore that relationship. Jesus comes to bring that peace. Remember the Christmas story where the wise men uh, are come, they see the star, and they go to find this king, this Jesus who had been born in Bethlehem. And remember what they bring him? They bring him gold and frankincense and myrrh. Right? And anybody who has kids is like, what? Right? Like, like, what are you bringing, baby Jesus? Gold and frankincense. Like, you should be bringing this kid like a, like a King David action figure. You know what I'm saying? With like a slingshot and kung fu grip. And all, right? But, but like gold and frankincense and myrrh is not something you bring to a baby. When, when, I, when you read that, if you have kids, you're like, clearly these guys don't have kids. Right? Or nieces or nephews. That's like somebody calling you up today and being like, hey, I heard you have a baby. So I got him an iPhone. Um, I got him a bike and some bath bombs, you know. And you're like, this, this kid only eats, sleeps, poops, and cries. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's all they do. They, they can't do anything with that. I, that that's that's kind of how the gold, frankincense, and myrrh thing works out, right? So you're like, what, what's the deal with this stuff? And, and, and what they were doing is they were, they were bringing to Jesus these sort of symbols. It was a, a, they were symbols of really who Jesus was and who Jesus is and what Jesus would do. And, and the gold represented his divinity, his royalty, his kingship, affirming the fact Jesus is the king who has come. Frankincense was this incense that was used in the temple by the priests. As they made offerings and, and prayers, offered prayers up to God. They were those who mediated between man and God. And, and the frankincense represented Jesus being the high priest. That Jesus had now come to be our mediator between man and God. Jesus would now be the one who intercedes for us, who advocates for us before the Father. And myrrh was, this, was used as an embalming fluid to prepare for burial. Representing Jesus as our Savior and sacrifice. And this is why he came. I mean, this is when the angel shows up to Joseph in a dream. He he tells him in Matthew chapter 1 that his name would be Jesus, he says, because he would save his people from their sin. Jesus' name literally means Savior. Sin is our problem and Jesus is our savior sin is the reason why there isn't peace with God and so Jesus comes to restore it here John 3:16 and 17 we know this one it says for God loved the world so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life for God didn't send his son into the world to condemn it but to save the world through him Jesus is the declaration to all of the world and all of mankind just how much God loves us so, so much so that, that he comes himself. That's how much he wants to be in relationship with us. That's how much he desires there to be peace between us and him. He says, listen, I'm not coming to condemn you. I'm not coming to, to smite you. I'm coming to save you. I'm coming to restore to you a relationship 
broken to bring peace by giving up my own life on a cross. So that if you'll receive that, if you'll trust in me, if you'll trust in what I've done for you, then, then you can receive that grace and forgiveness and experience that peace between you and God. Jesus came to pay what he didn't owe to give us what we never deserve. His grace, his life, and his peace. Romans 5.1 says it like this. It says, therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ our Lord has done for us. Peace with, uh, with God doesn't come from what you do. Peace with God comes from what Jesus already did. We have peace with God because of what Jesus has done for us. That's what scripture has to say to us. That, that's, that's why Christmas is a celebration. That's why Easter and the resurrection is a celebration. Because this was God's plan. And Jesus fulfilled it. 2 Corinthians 5.21 says, For God made Christ who never sinned to be the offering for our sin. So that we could be made right with God through Christ. Again, our peace with God isn't about our offerings. It's not about our sacrifices. It's not about what we can give. It's not about what we can do. It's not about a way that we're going to make something right because none of those things are possible for us. Peace with God only happens by receiving what Jesus already did. And that's why he came. And what Jesus did for us is done forever. And I love that about Jesus. Okay, the, the, the beautiful thing about Jesus is he didn't show up and do something that now has to be repeated again and again for us to walk in. He's like, nope, I'm going to take care of this one time. Hebrews 7 tells us that very thing. It says that Jesus sacrificed for our sins once and for all when he offered himself on the cross. He, he's saying, listen, what I did will never need to be done again. There's nothing else for you to do but receive what I've done. Jesus came to make peace between us and God. That's the first thing, is for us to have peace with God. Here's the second thing. You can write this down. Jesus came so that we could have peace within. Jesus came so we could have peace within. This is an emotional peace. The, the first kind of peace is a peace with God. This kind of peace is the peace of God. Okay? When I have peace with God, then I can have the peace of God within me. Colossians 3:15 says to the church and to us who are in Christ who have the who have peace with God it says and let the peace of God rule in your hearts. Notice that he says in you. This is internal. This is emotional. He says let it rule. Let that be the primary thing. Let the peace of God and, and not your circumstances and not your hardships and not your struggles or difficulties or whatever else is trying to have its way in your heart. Have its way. Let the peace of God rule in your heart. Now, now, now the word for peace in the Bible is this word shalom. Many of us have heard that before. And shalom means more than just ending hostility. Okay, it means more than just dealing with a conflict. It actually, uh, shalom more means wholeness. It, it means fullness. Okay, Jesus came to give us a peace in every way. For, for there to be this complete peace, a wholeness in my life. Remember, there's 790 verses on peace, which is really to say that God has a peace for every one of your problems. Whatever it is, whatever the issue or problem that you're dealing with, God has a peace for it. So, so, so if I'm someone with a, with a broken heart, God has a comforting peace for me. If I'm somebody with a confused heart, God has a guiding peace for me. If I'm someone with a shamed heart, God has a forgiving peace for me. If I'm someone with a worried or a fearful heart, God has a confident peace for me. Whatever it is, whatever you're going through, God says, I have peace for you in that. And when you have peace with me, you can have the peace of me. That's something, write that down for yourself, that God has a peace for all of my problems. That, that, that one's worth holding on to for some of you this morning. That there is for us in Christ, in his word, a promise for every single problem that we're facing. There, there's a Jesus kind of peace. You know what a Jesus kind of peace is? Remember the story of Jesus sleeping in a boat while this storm is raging all around him? 
And all the people around him are freaking out and losing their minds. And they, they're like, we're going to die out here. That's how crazy it is. And these are like fishermen. You know when fishermen are scared on a boat, it's bad. You know what I'm saying? Because they've been in everything already. And when the guys who are used to being on water are like, we're going to die out here. You know it's crazy out there. What's crazier though is those guys are freaking out and Jesus is sleeping. That's crazy. How is he sleeping? You know? Like, like there's a storm that is raging, and, I, and what I like that's the peace of God. The, the, a Jesus sized peace, a Jesus kind of peace for your life is the kind of peace where, though the world around you rages like a storm, you are at rest in your soul. You are at peace in your heart and in your mind. That, that's the second kind of peace Jesus came to bring us a peace within. Here's the third one. Peace with others. Jesus came to to bring us a peace with God. He came to bring us peace within and he came to bring us peace with others. This is relational peace. Now, Now remember again that everything starts with our relationship with God. So the further that I get away from God, the more it messes up my relationships with everybody else. Okay? Oftentimes conflicts in my relationships here on the earth, whether that's with my wife or, or my kids or whoever, are simply an indication of some kind of distance between me and my father. Because the more out of whack that you are with God, the more out of whack you are with other people. The further that I get from God, the more issues I have with you. That's how it happens. Just read the beginning of the Bible sometime, right? God creates man. Man is sinless. Man's walking in harmony with God. He creates man and woman. They're walking in harmony. They're great. Genesis 3 happens. The devil shows up. He lies to them. They receive that lie. And you just turn the page to Genesis chapter 4, and you're already in a story. Two brothers, one jealousy, covetousness, anger, hatred, all the way to the point where the other brother murders the other one. That's like one chapter, one page after sin hits humanity. Like, that's the extent of sin. The extent, full extent of sin is death, it's destruction, it's devastation. And it's not just a devastation between us and our relationship with God. It's a devastation between you and me, our relationships together. It is a divide that comes between us. Jesus didn't just come to deal with the sin that separated us from him. He came to deal also with the sin that separates us from one another. Relationships die because of sin. Marriages end because of sin. Families are torn apart because of sin. Friendships are broken because of sin. If you haven't noticed, uh, the world isn't generally becoming more peaceful. It's becoming more conflicted. It's becoming more divided. Even in our own nation, we see it, and we call ourselves the United States, which is sort of comical, right? Like, the United States, it doesn't feel like that. Like, like we have these slogans, like, united we stand, and e pluribus unum, out of many, one. And it's like, really? Like, we're not even close to being one. So, so how, do we, how do people, we as a people, different people, made, how do we have unity, though we're so different? And according to God, the only way we can be at peace and have unity amongst us is if we're unified as a people, not around a cause or a country, and not around an idea or an interest, and not around a philosophy or even our own family. The only way for us to have real and true unity is to be united in Christ. Ephesians 2, 15 and 16 says this. It says, his purpose, talking about Jesus, his purpose was to create in himself one new humanity out of the two, thus making peace. And in one body to reconcile both of them to God through the cross by which he put to death their hostility, speaking about our hostility. The Apostle Paul is saying to us here that that it is the purpose of Jesus to make us one. It is the the purpose of Jesus to show up and destroy the things that divide us, the things that 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 hold us back from one another, and to in order to bring us together, in order to reconcile us in Himself to one another. Our unity and peace is directly related to the Prince of Peace being the center of us. He's what makes us 
1. Galatians 3, 26 and 28 says this. It says, so in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. Listen, so when you're in Christ Jesus, you're now children of God through faith. For all of you were baptized into Christ, who were baptized into Christ, have clothed yourself with Christ. That's who you are now. That's what you are. There's now neither Jew nor Gentile, slave nor free, male or female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. So, so when you look around at the world and you look at all the things that, that divide, all the things that cause oppression and injustice, right, all, all the things that cause us to separate as groups of people, that, that's the result of sin and finding an identity in something other than Christ. And we do it all the time. It, it's, it even happens in the church, and, and we have to put that in its proper place. He's saying, but in Christ, we don't hold up an identity higher than Jesus. In Christ, we aren't first our race, our gender, our class, or some other kind of affiliation. We are first Christians. We are brothers and sisters. We are children of God. We are in Christ. That's our identity. And every other thing in our life is meant to find its place in that. Jesus is the great equalizer. Jesus is to be the tie that binds us. We know that our unity and our oneness is a big deal to Jesus because he says so. We, we know that in John 17, Jesus is about to go to the cross and his prayer to the Father is, Father, make them one. Ma make them, talking about us, he's like, make them one. Bind them together. Bring them together. Unify them, God. Let them be one like we're one. That's a oneness, okay? When Jesus is asking the Father to make us one like he and the Father are one. He's talking about a closeness, an intimacy, a oneness that is unlike anything else. And he says that, that this unity, this oneness would be a declaration to the world of the love of God. That, that, that this oneness, that, that our relationships together, that our unity together is, a, is the gospel put on display. That through that unity, the world, Jesus says, would know that the Father has sent the Son and loves them even as he loves Jesus. That's a big deal. Jesus put such a premium on this, okay, on our relationship, on our oneness, on our unity, on our, our, our you know, walking together in love. That, that he says to us in Matthew chapter 5, 23 and 24, he says, Therefore, if you're offering your gift at the altar and you remember that your brother or sister has something against you, leave your gift there in front of the altar. First go and be reconciled to them. Then come and offer your gift. Jesus goes so far as to say to us, if you show up to worship, but there isn't peace between you and your brother or sister in the family of God. You go deal with that one first before you come to me. That's big. This is, this is Jesus. And, and notice, Jesus doesn't just say, go and deal with your issue. He says, go and deal with theirs if you know they have one with you. That, that's how far Jesus tells us to go. Jesus says, listen, do whatever you can. Own whatever you can. Own more than you can. Be humble. Be, be, be gracious. Be, if you're aware that there's an issue or, or some unresolved conflict somebody has with you, go and deal with that. Go, go and address that one for the sake of your own peace and for the sake of ours as the body of Christ. If we're here, if we're part of the family of God and we have an issue in our heart, we have an issue with somebody, there isn't peace there. And you're not seeking to resolve that. Then you are keeping not just you, but us from experiencing the fullness of God's peace. Jesus says, listen, leave your gift here. That's not first. The first thing is go and deal with the thing between you and your brother or sister so that my peace can reign amongst you. Jesus says, go, go to them. And I love that too, right? Because he says, listen, go to that person. Go to them. Go to whoever that is. Don't go to a bunch of other people. I don't know about you, but, but I, in my life I found it's true that it's far easier to talk about somebody else that I'm having a problem, like talk about that somebody I'm having a problem with than it is to talk to that somebody. Right? 
Like, like that's kind of an easy thing, and that's a default. It's easy for us to be like, man, I don't like this guy over here. Hey, let me talk to these guys over here. Hey, you know that guy? I don't really like him. I got an issue with him. And we're all cool about that. Meanwhile, that guy's like, what's the deal, man? And I don't even know. And there's this stuff, right? And it's tension, division, all, all the things. And peace can't reign. And so Jesus says, let me tell you how you deal with this. If I have an issue with you, I got to come to you. That's on me. And if I know you have an issue with me, then I still need to come to you. Now, now here's the thing. Maybe I don't know you have an issue with me. Well, then I can't come to you. Okay? So, like, Jesus is saying, deal with what you know. If you got one, deal with it. If someone else has one you know about, deal with it. But if you don't know, you can't deal with it. So that's on them to come to you. So whoever you are, wherever you are in the mix of that, deal with that. Because that's how the peace of God will reign in our midst. Jesus came for our peace together. And it's worth contending for. Now, now these three kinds of peace, they, they build on each other, right? First, I have the peace, this peace with God. And when I have peace with God, then I can have the peace of God and I, uh, within me. And I'm okay here with me. And when I'm okay with me here because I'm okay with God here, me and you can be okay here. Got it? Peace with God brings the peace with me. In me, his peace rules and reigns in my heart. And when his peace rules and reigns in my heart, and it reigns in your heart, then his peace reigns in our midst. Yeah? And all of it starts with Jesus. It's all in him. True and lasting peace doesn't happen from the outside in. It happens from the inside out. The, the, the world looks at peace from the outside in. Right? In our world, peace is conditional. Peace is based on getting away from hardship or difficulty. Peace is what happens when you get a vacation. Right? Peace is what happens when you get an escape. You get away from what it is. But, but true peace, what the Bible teaches us, is that peace is not a destination to get to. It's a person to behold. And it's the person of Jesus. Ephesians 2.14 says, For he, speaking about Jesus, for he himself is our peace. Jesus is the source for peace. And only by receiving him and walking with him are we able to experience true peace. And lasting peace, peace with God, peace within, and peace with one another. Now, now if you're here this morning and you say, man, I, I don't know, I, 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 I've received Jesus. I, I believe Jesus died for me. Um, uh, I, I, I believe he's the son of God. I believe my sins are forgiven. But if I'm really honest, it's a struggle for me. It, it's a struggle for me to walk in peace. In fact, it's a struggle for me just not to be overwhelmed day in and day out by my, my anxiousness and stress and, and worry and fears and all, all those kinds of things. I just find my life filled with those things. Let, let me give you just a little practical application, okay, this morning. And, and here's the truth, by the way. You're not the only one, okay? Like if you're here this morning, you're like, man, maybe that's just me. Everybody experiences this at some point in their life. Some of us experience it more, some of us less, but all of us do. But here's a, here's a remedy for our soul from God's word, okay? This, you can, courtesy of the Apostle Paul, Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7, he says this, listen. He says, do not be anxious about anything. In other words, Paul says, don't worry. And I love that God's word actually commands us to not worry. That seems kind of crazy. Like, that's, this is the hardest one, right, of scripture. Like, like do not murder, easy, right? Like, don't, do not, don't worry, though. It's like, what? Are, are, like, we break this one all the time, right? Like, like what do you, certainly you don't mean in anything, Paul. I mean, like, have you lived a little, right? Do you, do you have kids? Are you married? Have you been in a relationship? Do you know anybody? Have you had a job, right? Like, what, what, like have you turned on the news? Like, how, we can't not be anxious about anything. So, some of you, by the way, need to stop watching the news because it's just not good for you or your soul, okay? That one's free. Um, the but, but, but this right right here, okay, this right here, the Bible is the good news, okay? The scriptures, they are the good news. Everything else is not good news, okay? Certainly the news is not good news. The news is generally terrible news. God's word is good news, okay? That, that's the one that we need. And, and the reality is, is that, that, that some of our lives are so filled with anxiety and worry and fear that, that it wakes us up in the morning and it keeps us up at night. It might be one thing for us or it might be a hundred things. And yet God's word says to us, don't be anxious or worried about anything. 
do, do you got, does everybody, does anybody in the room know what that word is translated from the Greek to mean? Anything. It means anything, okay? That's what it means. It literally means anything. It's not like a trick, okay? He's not like, don't be anxious about anything, but anything means like these select group of things, right? He's like, no, don't be anxious or worried about literally anything. That anxiety, that worry, that fear, that, that, that doesn't belong there, okay? That, that's not what God meant for your life. And, and here's the good news. The good news is that, that God's word never invites us to do things that cannot possibly be done. God is so good and so loving that he gives us the remedy for our worry and anxiousness and fear. How do we do that? Here's what he says. He says, don't be anxious about anything, but... Or instead, in everything, in every situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. What, what's the remedy? What, what's the remedy for my anxiousness, my anxious heart, uh, and my worries and fears? It's two things. You could write these down. It is prayer and praise. Two, two uh, things for my life, two essentials for my life when I'm dealing with anxiousness, worry, stress, fear, are prayer and praise, okay? The, the, Paul says, listen, when it comes to your life, you can either worry or you can worship. You can either panic or you can pray. The, the answer is not work harder. The answer is not try harder. The answer is not plan more. The answer is simply pray and praise. Now, that might sound a little bit like a kindergarten answer to some of you, right? It's like, kind of like when somebody says, the answer is Jesus. And you're like, ah, right? It's still the answer, though. And, and it's the answer because prayer and praise realign our hearts and minds. Prayer and praise are ways by which we get our eyes off of ourselves and our circumstances and onto our Savior who, as we already learned from Isaiah's list, uh, Jesus' name means our mighty God. That, 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 that we're coming to mighty God. Pr prayer reminds us that we're not God. And that's good news. Okay? Some of you need to receive that this morning. You're not God. Stop trying to be God. Stop trying to hold everything in your life. Stop trying to f make it like it's all on your shoulders. You are not God. God is God. So you're free to be you. And that's good news because he's way better at being God than you are. And when we come to God in prayer, right, we're reminded that we're not God, but he is God. That we can't do it, but that God is more than able to do what we cannot do. That God is good, that God loves us, that God is for us. The great uh, theologian, uh, reformer Martin Luther once said, pray and let God worry about it. That's a good word. Man, pray and let God worry about it. That's God's to deal with. Whatever you have in your hands, is way better in his hands. Praise, then, is, is our gratitude. Praise is, is thankfulness. Pra praise gets us to focus on the goodness of God rather than our difficulties and challenges. It reminds us of, of what Jesus has done for us. It reminds us of, of who he is. It it's like, man, when, when you think about Jesus and you look back on Jesus, you, you realize that you have far more to be thankful for than you ever have to be worried about. I, it's one of the reasons for why when the church gathers, we worship. It's because in our worship, we are realigning our hearts and minds to what's true. And we're getting our eyes off of all the mess and stuff that just fills our life and our heart here. And we're getting our perspective, a heavenly perspective on things that allows us to actually walk in and deal with what we're in here. Both prayer and praise are ways by which we draw near to God and enter his presence. Psalm 100 says that, right? We, we, we enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. It's, it's where we're reminded that God's with us and he's got us and, and his peace is present. Jesus well, it says to us, even in Matthew chapter 11, he says, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I'm gentle and humble in heart, and you will find peace and rest for your soul. Let me ask you this morning, where do you run to when you feel overloaded and undone in your soul? Where do you go? What do you turn to to find peace and rest for your heart and mind? Jesus says, I'm the answer for your peace. 
He says that the peace that you seek is actually in me. It's, it's with me. And you're not going to be able to get it from anyone or anything else. So come to me, Jesus says. Connect with me. Learn from me. Listen to me. Give me your weight and your burden. Because my, if I give you mine, mine is light. You, you can walk in that. I'll give you true peace and rest for your soul. Not just in your body. Not just in your muscles. He says in your heart and in your mind. Okay? Come to me in prayer and in praise. And, and here's the promise of God for us when we do Philippians 4, 7. He says, and the peace of God then which transcends all understanding will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. The, the purpose of our prayer and our praise is to be present with God. Fixed on him. Depending on him. Walking with him. Looking to him. Thank him and the promise of God to us is that when we do his peace will come to us and his peace will guard our hearts and our minds God says if you come to me in prayer and in praise you will dwell in my peace there's always peace in God's presence because he's the prince of peace and this peace he tells us is a kind that transcends understanding. That means it's not natural. It's supernatural. It is over and above. It is superior because it comes from God. It, it transcends. It almost doesn't make sense. Like you can't even figure it out. Other people in your life are looking at you and you're even looking at you. And you're like, I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. I should be super stressed right now. I should be super worked up. I should be super afraid. I should be super anxious. But I'm not. Like, I'm all right. And they're like, how is that possible? I don't know. That's the peace of God. The kind of peace that transcends understanding. It doesn't even make sense. It's bigger than what I'm thinking. It's bigger than what I'm feeling. This peace will guard, he says, your heart. That's your emotional, your feeling life. This peace of God will guard your heart, your feeling, emotional life. And it will guard your mind, your thinking life. Peace will be a soldier is essentially what he's saying. Peace will be a soldier that stands guard over your heart and your mind, telling worry and fear and anxiety and all the stuff that wars against you that stands guard and says, nope, uh-uh, not in here. Nope, you, you don't get to come in here. You don't get to reign in here. This is off limits to you. You're not allowed entry to this place. Because this place belongs to the Prince of Peace. And his peace reigns here. Jesus, church, came to bring us peace. Peace with God. Peace within. Peace with others. And that's his gift to us. And that's his invitation to us. To receive his peace and to experience his peace. As we receive him, the Prince of Peace. I'm going to have Noel and the team come back up and I'm going to close this this morning. My guess is this morning that all of us in this room have at least one of those areas of peace to receive. That, that every single one of us in this room have a place of peace in Christ to receive this morning. A peace with God, the peace of God, or peace with others, to walk in that, to move in that. But in all of it, we need God's peace to reign in us. Yeah? So I'm going to invite you to stand with me, and, and I'm just going to pray for us, because it would seem strange to um, talk about how prayer and praise is a way by which we can encounter peace and then not do it. Yeah? And so we're actually going to do both. We're going to pray and we're going to praise and we're going to let the peace of God stir in our hearts and in our lives. And, and so I'm going to invite you to pray with me and, and then we're going to respond to God with our praise, with our worship. Father, thanks for this morning. Father, thanks for this time and thank you for your word. Thank you, Jesus, that you are the Prince of Peace. Jesus, that you came that we would have peace with the Father. That we would have peace in our hearts and minds, and that we would have peace with one another. God, I pray that you would stir in us, God, a desire for you, a heart for you. God, that, that every, for every single one of us this morning, Lord, that we could receive your peace for our lives. Now, I just want to invite you for a minute 
that if you're here this morning and, and there's a place in your life where peace is lacking or peace is absent, there's a situation you're dealing with, a relationship you're dealing with, a hardship you're in, that you would just take this minute right now and that you would just offer that up to the Lord, that you would just say, say to him, Father, I give you this, whatever it is, that you offer that to him. He said, come to me, right, that I'll give you rest. Give it to me. I want to invite you, just take a minute, whatever that is, that you give that to him and just say to him in your heart and your mind, God, I give you this and name whatever that is. I give it to you. I surrender that to you. Because God, I want to walk in your peace. And would you, by your spirit, minister your peace in me? Would you minister your peace to that situation? Would you minister your peace in that relationship? Maybe you're here this morning and you'd say that the peace that I'm lacking is the one with God because I haven't yet trusted in Him. And today is your day to do that. And where you, right now, today, you can just say to Him, God, I trust You. Jesus, I trust in the work that You did for me on a cross. And today, I receive Your finished work. I receive Your grace and Your forgiveness and peace with You. have your way in us. Holy Spirit, have your way in us. Have your way in our hearts. Have your way in our minds. Now you said that your spirit would search us and know us and, and even see if there be any offensive way in us. God, I pray that you would just reveal that to us so that we can walk in your peace, God. And if you've done that, I want to just take a second, just take a minute. And scripture says that, that we're to come with thanksgiving, with praise. And, and I want you just to take a minute, and I want you just to start thanking God for everything. Thank Him for who He is. Thank Him for what He's done for you. Thank you for all that He's given to you. Thank you for life. Thank you for breath. Just start thanking him. Thank him for his grace. Thank him for his goodness. Thank him for his faithfulness. Thank him for his mercy. Thank him for his power at work in you. Thank, you. thank him for his spirit who's alive and working in you. Thank him for all his gifts. Thank him for all his blessings. Thank him for everything. The Bible says that every good and perfect gift comes from our Father in heaven. Just thank him. Let your heart just well up with gratitude for the Lord because he's good. He's good. And he loves you. And he's with you. And he's never left you and he'll never forsake you. And he has peace for you. God, thank you for your peace this morning. Let it rain in us. Let it rain through us. In Jesus' name.